Okay, um, let's turn to Psalms. Psalms 122, verse 6. Psalms 122, verse 6. Are you there? Before you think that I've changed I've not let's look at verse 6 pray for the peace of Jerusalem what was Jerusalem what was Jerusalem I know what is Jerusalem but what was Jerusalem was the city was the city where the temple of God was built. Yes? That was what Jerusalem was. Okay. And that city of Jerusalem was also called the city of the presence of God. Because the temple was there. Correct? And in the temple they felt that the presence of God was there. Correct? So they say, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Okay? May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls. Now, there's another Jerusalem. It's called the heavenly Jerusalem. Who's the heavenly Jerusalem according to the new covenant? We. Right? We. That's what it says. Right? In Galatians he compares, he says, I'm not talking about the Jerusalem whose children are in bondage right now, but I'm talking about the heavenly Jerusalem. Okay? Peace be within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. Okay? Now this word peace is a, is a, is a Hebrew word called shalom, which basically means welfare, health, wholeness, soundness, everything. Look at this. For the sake of my brethren and companions... I will now say, peace be within you. Right? See, there's a plan that God has had as far as the church is concerned. There's a plan that He has had as far as we are concerned. And that plan has been a plan for peace. Jerusalem was supposed to be a place of peace. The church is meant to be a place of peace. Peace within our walls. Peace within the church. What does peace mean? What does peace mean in the world? In the world, peace means no trouble, no war. Correct? Correct? 
What does peace mean according to the Bible? It means wholeness. It means soundness. It means health. It means welfare. It means every need has been met. It means every problem has been sorted. Peace, that's what it means. Correct? Yes? Okay. It says, I will say to you, peace be within you. Correct? Okay. Just remember that God's plan for the church was a community, was a body of Christ of peace. Okay? Where peace exists in the church. Correct? Yes or no? You've been to many churches and we've seen a lot of churches. The question is this, is there peace? I'm not talking about fighting. I'm talking about peace like the Bible says it. I'm talking about soundness, wholeness, health, welfare, prosperity, peace. That peace. Is there peace? Or is there pressure, stress and trouble? Come on. Amongst many Christians' lives, do you see peace? What do you see? Pressure, stress, trouble. Correct? Yes? Yes or no? Okay. Can we come closer? Come on, come closer. So far away. just remember that that was the plan of God it was always the plan of God that the Jerusalem the new Jerusalem always have what? peace great now let's go ahead I want you to turn to John chapter 16 John chapter 16 verse 25 actually you can go to verse 19 Now Jesus knew that they desired to ask him and he said to them, Are you inquiring amongst yourself a little while and you will not see me and a little while and you will see me? Verse 20, Most assuredly I say to you that you will weep and lament but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful but your sorrow will be turned to joy. He's talking about his death, his burial and his resurrection. Okay? The world will rejoice, he says, when I die. Okay? Right? The world will rejoice when I die. So when you see rejoicing in the world, it's not always uh, nice for the world. So when the world rejoices, it's not always good news for the world. 
Okay? Fine? The world will rejoice. But you will be sorrowful. But your sorrow will be turned to joy. That's what happened through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Correct? Okay, let's move ahead. A woman when she is in labor has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Right? At the time of labor, there is anguish. But once the child is born, there is joy. Correct? No, no, no. Please, please, please. Listen. How many months does it take when a woman goes into labor? How many months does she go into labor? Few hours. Right? A few hours. Many people misinterpret this sometimes and try to say, Okay, God's promises are going to come after a long time. After many days, after many months, he's talking about a woman in labor. That just happens for a few minutes sometimes, for a few hours sometimes. Okay? He's not talking about a long time. Okay? So he says, a few hours in anguish, he's talking about that period just between his death and resurrection. Okay? No. Therefore, you now have sorrow. But I will see you again and your heart will rejoice and your joy. No one will take from you. Right? No one will be able to take the joy when I rise again from the dead. Because the resurrected Christ has given joy like no one else. Because that joy that you get, that you got, when you put your life in Christ, when you gave your, faith, your life to Jesus, when you put your faith in Jesus, that joy that you got was a joy that could not replace. You know why? Because that was a joy that you came out of death into life. You moved out of death into life, you moved out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Correct? Okay. So you got joy that no one can take away from you. Yeah? Right? What does that mean? It means no matter what problem, what situation is in front of us, I still hold on to the joy, correct? No. It's not what it means. What does it mean? Okay, think about this. Is Jesus ever fake? Is he fake? So his joy is never fake. Correct? So if his joy is never fake, then it's not just going to be lots of problems, but still you're joyful. No. It's no problem. That's why joyful. Right? No one can be able to take that joy from you because no one can get a problem in your life. Correct? Listen, the resurrected Jesus, the fact that Jesus rose again from the dead is your assurance. It's your assurance that no problem can come into your life. Amen? Okay, let's go ahead. And in that day you will ask me nothing. <laughs> Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give you. You're not going to ask me anything. You're going to ask the Father directly. Whatever you ask is going to be given to you. Right? Whatever. There's a few words in the Bible that are very clear. Nothing shall by any means harm you. Whatever you ask will be given. Right? These words give some sort of guarantee and assurance. Right? Okay, let's go ahead. Until now you have asked me nothing. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So you're going to have joy when I rise from the dead. That joy no one can take away from you. And if there's anything that you need, you ask the Father directly, you'll get it. 
Because you ask in my name. Now ask does not mean father please give me. Ask means say it and it will be done. Whatever you speak, whatever you say, it will be done. Because you are in the place of Jesus, in his place and you are speaking to the father. Whatever you speak, you are speaking in the presence of the father. And when you say it, it is done. Correct? Whatever. He doesn't say some things, he says whatever. Correct? Okay, look at verse 25. These things are spoken to you in figurative language. But the time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language. But I will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name. And I do not say that I shall pray to the Father for you. I'm not going to pray to the Father for you. Listen, the Catholics are still hung up upon Mary praying to Jesus. Who will pray to the Father for them? But Jesus says, even I'm not going to pray to the Father for you. You ask the Father directly. He loves you. Are you listening? Okay. <clears throat> for the Father himself loves you. Because you love me. You believe that I came forth from God. I came forth from the Father. I have come... Now listen, this, this is where things start getting interesting. I have come into the world. Again, I leave the world and I go to the Father. Okay? I came into the world and I leave the world and go to the Father. Correct? Yes? Okay, now listen. Think about it. You remember those words that we spoke about? The spiritual world, the physical world? And we said your spirit is in the spiritual realm and at the same time is in the physical realm. And we said Jesus came from the spiritual into the physical realm. And now he's in the spiritual. That's why you're seated with him. So he's very close to you in the spirit. Although you don't see him physically close to you. Right? You remember all that? So he says, see listen, I move from that dimension to this dimension going back to that dimension. Right? Now that's what the disciples understood and that's why they said, see now you're speaking plainly and using no figure of speech. Now we are sure you know all things. And you have no need that anyone should question you. By this we believe that you came forth from God. Jesus answered them. Do you now believe? Indeed the hour is coming. Yes, has now come. That you will be scattered each to his own. And that's exactly what happened when Jesus was arrested. right? Each one was scattered each to his own. And will leave me alone. When Jesus was arrested everyone was scattered and Jesus was alone. Right? Right? But then he said something. What he says next is going to change your life today. Picture that scene. Picture that scene. Jesus is there in the garden. They come to arrest him. Peter tries to cut off one of the servants. Years. They forcefully take him. Jesus heals that servant, but they forcefully take Jesus. They arrest him, they take him, they drag him. Everyone just runs away. They try to catch everyone else, but they can't get them. They run away. Correct? Jesus was alone. The only other people who saw the power and saw the power of the Spirit were gone. Who remained? Jesus. He was alone, right? Okay? Yet I am not alone. Why? Because the Father is with me. What does that mean? 
Yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me. What does that mean? So here was the Father with Jesus. In Jesus. And He in the Father. He was with Him. I mean, actually present with Him. That's why on the cross he said, my, my Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? My Lord, my Lord, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because still that time he was with the Father. The Father was with him. Do you understand? That's why in the garden he was like, all, oh, uh, no, I can't take this. Not to be with you. But your will be done. Okay? says, I'm not alone. I'm with the Father. These things I have spoken to you. What these things? Everything that he said so far. These things I have spoken to you, he says. That in me. In whom? So can he say, in Jesus. In him. Right? That's what he says, right? In me. In me. You may have what? Peace. Now this word peace is a Greek word peace. In Greek, that word is Irene. But guess what? The Greek word peace also means the same thing. It means wholeness. It means soundness. Wholeness and soundness. Every part, every part of a system, every part of a body, every part of everything working in perfect order. That's what the Greek word peace means. So what do you have in Jesus? Right? It means every part of me working in complete order. Correct? In complete soundness. Yes or no? Correct? Right? And so when Jesus raised from the dead, he came into the room. What did he say to his disciples? Peace be with you. What does it mean? He was not just greeting them. It was not a greeting. It was very something very, very significant. When Jesus rose from the dead, he had just defeated the one who had the power of death. And he came to those disciples and he says, Peace be with you. Right? What happened then? All of them received health. All of them received freedom. All of them received soundness. Peace. Correct? Okay. Now look at this. Look at the next line. In the world, you will have what? Now, we have been reading this verse wrong. We have been reading this verse completely wrong. We have been thinking, see, listen, in the world you're going to have trouble. Don't worry, Jesus is with you. He has overcome the world. Nothing for you to worry. Right? That's what we've been thinking the verse means. But that's not what it says. Look at that. It says, in me you have peace. 
in the world you have tribulation. Oh, oh, oh. In me you have peace. In the world you have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So be in me. Because in me there's peace. Right? You're not of this world. Paul said, you're not of this world. Set your mind on things above. Right? Because you're not of this world. In the world you're going to have pressure. In the world you're going to have trouble. In the world you're going to have stress. Don't be in the world. Be in Jesus. Because in Jesus you have what? Peace. Soundness. Wholeness. Correct? Yes or no? Yes? Now come on. Let's go, let's go to Matthew 10. Let's go to Luke 10 actually. You go to Luke 10. Verse 2. The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. He says, now he's commissioning the 70. He's commissioning the 70 and he's sending them out on a mission. Right? These are his instructions. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals. Greet no one along the road, but whoever, whatever house you enter. What do you say first? Now, what does it mean? Wholeness, soundness, everything working in perfect order. The moment you enter there, you speak health. You're not anything else. Freedom, health, soundness. It was not a greeting. Peace was not a greeting. Peace meant wholeness, soundness. Everything working in perfect order. That's what it meant. Look at what it says next. If a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. And so somebody who wants that peace, who wants that wholeness, it will rest upon the house. Otherwise, it's not just going to be there. He's not talking about some sort of Quietness. Peace does not mean quietness. Right? Peace does not mean like we call it shanti. No, that's not peace. Peace means wholeness, soundness, completeness. Every part of that system working in perfect order. So he says, go into the house, say, peace. Right? Correct? Do you remember what the angel said? Go to Luke. Uh, Luke 2. Luke 2.14 Jesus was born a whole sky was filled with angels what do they say? glory to God in the highest on earth what? oh man on earth peace the same peace and good will towards men I don't know, probably this problem is God's will. But listen, it's goodwill towards men. You want it from the mouth of an angel? It's there. Peace, wholeness, soundness, liberty, freedom, 
every part of the system and of that body working in complete order. Right? Today, the storm comes. Jesus is in the boat. Jesus speaks to the sea. What does he say? Peace! Be still. Calmness. Soundness. Perfect order. Listen, we miss Jesus was called the prince of what? Okay, there you go. That is what God has given us. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give. What the world wants to give is shanti. What the world wants to give is quietness. What the world wants to give is peacefulness. Means quiet. No sound. Take off in a in a in a in a in a some wooden cottage somewhere in the forest and sit there, just listen to the birds, no sound of traffic. Ah, it's so peaceful here, they'll say. But that's that's the world's peace. You can be in the middle of the most beautiful scenery with such a lot of peace according to the world, but be completely in disorder within you. But Jesus came to give what? Peace. Think about it. Every place he went, that's what he did. Right? Go to Matthew 10. Same thing. You go to Matthew 10. Verse 13. Verse 12. When you go into a house, greet it. Verse 13. If the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not, let your peace return to you. Peace. Again. (laughs) Peace. Soundness. Wholeness. Everything working in perfect order. Do you remember Mark 11, 22 to 24 that we did last time? Do you remember that? Yes. Can we go back to it? Come on. Go back to Mark 11, 22. What does it say? Mark eleven twenty-two. Okay, have faith in whom? What? Have faith in God. Okay, then. Okay. Okay. Whoever says to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, and believes that what he says is done. See, what do you need to believe? You got to have faith in God, and what else do you need to have, 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 have believe in? 
You see, that's the only thing. That's the only thing that makes all the difference. If you can speak by believing that what you speak will be done, the biggest mountains will be moved. All you have to do is speak by believing that what you speak will be done. Speak by believing that what you speak will be done. That is the difference. So come on. You go to someone's place. So when you go to someone to meet someone and you speak peace. I'm not talking about the quiet peace. I'm not talking about the shanti peace. I'm not talking about the peacefulness peace. I'm not talking about the silence peace. I'm talking about soundness, wholeness, every part working in perfect order. When you speak it, guess what's done? Peace is done. Right? You've got to believe what you speak is done. Right? Can you read that part again? Believes that those things he says will be done. Correct? Whatever he says is done. Those things that he says, whatever you say, you've got to start believing this. What you say is done. When you say it, it's done because you're operating in the spiritual. And when you say it in the spiritual, it's done. If you're going to say it in the physical, it's not going to be done. Because when you say it in the physical, you don't even believe that what you say is going to be done. Right? You've got to believe that what you say is done. Amen? You've got to believe that what you say is done. Right? You've got to believe that what you say is done. So, so Jesus came with this attitude of bringing peace. Jesus came as the Prince of Peace. He came to bring soundness and wholeness. Right? There was somebody with cerebral palsy. What happened? He spoke and the guy was healed. There was somebody who was lame. He spoke and the guy was healed. There was somebody who was uh, blind. He spoke, the guy was healed. There was somebody who, was, uh, who, who could not walk. He spoke, the guy was healed. Because you are an ambassador of peace. You have come to bring peace. You are a peacemaker. He says in Matthew 5, uh, yeah, he says in Matthew 5, blessed are the peacemakers. Right? Blessed are the peacemakers. What is the meaning of peacemaker? I come and bring peace. I come and bring wholeness. I come and bring wholeness. I come and bring peace. I come and bring soundness. I come and bring peace, I come and bring soundness, I come and bring wholeness. That's who a peacemaker is, right? You are meant to bring peace. You're a peacemaker. You're an ambassador of Christ. Christ was the peacemaker, you are a peacemaker. He became our peace, you've got to become peace to other people. Right? So you've got to speak by believing the things that you say will be done. And then guess what happens after that? What does he say? Okay, so all I have to do, that, that's it. 
Jesus curses the fig tree. The fig tree withers. Disciples said, how did he do it? Okay, very simple. He says, first of all, you've got to have faith in God. After having faith in God, you've got to believe whatever you say, God will do it. You just have to believe that what you say will be done. And it will be done. You believe it, it's done. You believe it, it's done. You believe it, it's done. So you believe and you say peace. And you believe that when you say peace, peace will be done. It will be done. Amen? Amen? That's how we operate. We speak by believing that what we speak will be done. It is not about how long I speak. It's not about how many words I used to speak. Right? I, I've, got, I've, got, I've got a small example to show you. I think it's... Um, let me look at it. Um, uh, let's go to... Two, 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 two. I think it's in... Um. Let's go to Luke. I think it's in Luke. Hold on, hold on. In Luke. Uh, let's go to Luke um, chapter. Luke chapter seven. Oh, sorry, Luke, yeah, Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7, I think it's worse verse 50 50 uh, actually you can go to um, yeah 50 he's talking to the adulterous woman look at how he responds to her a actually it's not 7 it's 8 8 8 I'm sorry I'm so sorry it's 8 Luke chapter 8 chapter 8 48 now this is this is the woman with the issue of blood she got healed right she gets healed guess what he says to her daughter be of good cheer your faith has what then what does he say after that go in peace means what go in health just go in soundness he speaks complete soundness that no other problem may come over. That's how Jesus operated. Listen, it's not always about the words that I use very specifically. It's about the intention I have. If I believe that the intention behind what I'm saying is going to be done, then it will be done. 
Do you understand? Whatever you want will be done. Whatever you ask, to, it's that intention that has got to be done. So there may be somebody who's not well. Okay? And somebody who cannot walk. And I take the person's hand and I say, be healed. Right? Right? Now, I might not say, okay, legs, straighten up, they're crooked, now straighten up, all muscles be fine, and arteries be this and that. Now, the moment I get into that, I get into the physical. And when I get into the physical, it's very difficult for me to believe that something in the physical, from the physical point of view, will be done. Do you understand? Listen, if you are looking at something physically, it's difficult for you to believe when you're looking at it from the physical point of view, for something to be physically done about it. It's when you're looking in the spiritual and you trust God. And you trust God to do whatever has to be done to be done. All you're speaking is be healed. But what you want Him to walk? Be healed. And guess what? I believe that what I'm saying is done. Guess what's going to happen? It'll be? Completely. That's it. That's it. There's no rocket science about it. There's no, there's, no, there's no too much about it. Because Jesus has come to give peace. Soundness. Wholeness. Every part of you working in perfect order. Everything working in perfect order. So when you go, you are delivering that peace. That peace does not mean quietness. That peace does not mean, oh, silence. No, that peace means complete order. Complete wholeness. Complete soundness. Every part working in perfect order. Now I can say be healed and still his body be in peace because it's not about the word I use. Do you get it? It's not about the word I use. It's not about the sound of whether I say peace, whether I say uh, shanti, whether I say any other word. It's not about the word I use. Okay? It's about what I want to be done. Correct? Correct? Now think about it. The word gives life. That's what it says, right? The word of God says that the word gives life, right? Which word? Which word? Which part? I mean, come on, tell me. Which verse do I go to? Somebody's dying there. Which verse do I turn to to give life? Which verse do I turn to? It's not about which verse you turn to, right? What is it about? Jesus is the word. The word is life. The word gives life. I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. That's why Jesus is the word. The word gives life. Jesus has come to give life. Then Jesus is the word. Correct? So now, how is Jesus the word? Think about this. If I come to Avinash and I say, Avinash has given me his word that this, this will happen tomorrow morning. Okay? Now, Avinash's character is not questionable. When Avinash gives a word, I can trust his word, right? It's the word of Avinash. But tomorrow, if there is a, a, a terrorist or a trickster, a trickster that comes to my door, and he says, Merlin, tomorrow morning, I'm going to give you 10 lakhs or 10 crores. You just have to sign this paper. It's the tricksters. It's that Gunda's word. Right? Can Merlin trust that word? Because his character is questionable. Correct? Correct? Yes or no? Guys, this is the word of God. 
Is his character questionable? No, listen. You want to know his character? You want to know what his character is like? Go to Hebrews 1.3. What does it say in Hebrews 1.3? What does it say in Hebrews 1.3? Express image. That word express image in Greek means character. So what's the character of God? Jesus. Jesus is the character of God. Now Jesus reveals the entire character of God. Correct? Where do you find about Jesus? In the Bible, right? You get to know about Jesus throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. You get Jesus there. Correct? Yes or no? But very specifically when he came in his physical form, he revealed physically the character of God. Correct? Yes or no? Now his name is Yeshua, his name is salvation. That reveals the will of God about everything. Right? See, if anybody asks you, this problem is it God's will for me just take them take them take them what is the name of the son of God what does Jesus mean that's your answer as far as every scenario every situation every problem God has very very clearly expressed what his desire is in your life his desire is very simple that you be saved from every problem. Because his name is Jesus. His name is Yeshua. Jesus. Right? Correct? So that's the express image of God. Jesus is the express image of God. Right? His name is Jesus. Yeshua. Right? And he and what he did and the way he walked reveals the character of God. Correct? So that character is perfect, isn't it? There was no, no word of deceit found in his mouth. There was, no, there was no sickness he could not heal. No mountain he could not move. He was in charge, in dominion. That reveals the character of God. God is always in charge. Correct? Correct? Yes or no? Now, that's his word. Would you take it? He's giving you his word. Like Avinash gave me his word. Like that Gunda tried to give Berlin his word. God is giving me his word. Would you trust his word? Because his character is perfect. Correct? Yes or no? His character is perfect. Now this God in his word says. What does he say? In me. You will have peace. So you want to be sound. In your whole self. Not just your physical body but completely. You want to be whole. Not just in your physical body but completely. You want, to be, you want to be whole and sound in your mind, in your emotions. You want to be whole and sound in your body, in the parts of your body. You want to be whole and sound in every aspect of your life, in your finances, in your money, in everything that belongs to you. You want to be whole and sound. Jesus is not wanting to provide solutions for every problem. Jesus wants to be for you. Jesus wants to give you a problem free life it's very easy listen if we keep wanting healing for sickness healing for sickness healing for sickness 
We're going to keep going and asking God, please give me healing. God, give me healing. God, please give me healing. But Jesus doesn't want to give you that sort of a life. The desire that Jesus wants for you is much more. The desire that Jesus has for you is to give you a life of health. Now when you've got a life of health, there's no need of healing every time. Correct? It's perfect health. That's what soundness is. That's what peace is. My peace I leave to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Listen, the world gives medicine and medicine is temporary. Temporary peace is not peace. It's fake. Correct? Yes or no? It is fake. The peace that Jesus gives is holy. Wholeness. Soundness. Correct? Wholeness. Soundness. That's the kind of peace that Jesus gives. It's not quietness. The peace that the world gives is Oh, you sit down in one Padmasana position and do some yoga and there you're quiet inside of you. And that's peace. That's not peace. That's not peace at all. Peace is when... (laughs) Peace is when... That's fake peace. Peace is when you stand in soundness, in wholeness, where every part of you is working in perfect order. That is peace. Peace is not. Peace is not about. Peace is not about you um, walking around like a sadhu. Peace is not about you becoming a yogi. That does not give peace. Listen, I don't have any problem in saying this. Yoga does not give you peace. It does not. Nor does anything in the world give you peace. There's only one thing that can give you peace in the world. And that is Jesus. Amen. If you need peace, you need Jesus. There's no other way. There's nothing else in this whole world that can give you peace. Nothing. Right? There's nothing that can give you soundness. That can, there's nothing that can give you wholeness. There's nothing that can get every part of your life, every part of your life working in perfect order, together, in unison, in sync, with synchronization. There's nothing in this whole world that can give you that. Only Jesus can. Right? Now you have that Jesus. And that Jesus is in you. So your life needs to be in perfect order, right? Correct? And how does that happen? What do I need to do to get perfect order in my life? To get peace in my life? What do I need to do to get perfect peace in my life? I need to do to get that perfect peace in my life 
My mind is kept in perfect peace because my mind is stayed on you, he says. I'm in perfect peace because my mind is stayed on you and I trust in you, Isaiah. I am in perfect peace. Not my mind. My mind is stayed on him. But when my mind is stayed on him, I am in perfect peace, he says. What do I need to do to get this perfect peace in my life? What's the formula? <laughs> What's the way? What's the method? That I can walk in this peace, soundness, wholeness, every part of my life working in perfect order. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Do you know what Romans 8.15 says? Anybody knows what Romans 8.15 says? For you have no longer received the spirit of bondage again to fear. It's a spirit of bondage again to fear. That means you were part of the bondage of fear once upon a time. Correct? But he says you no longer receive the spirit of what? Bondage again to fear. Right? So if you not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, then you are no longer bondage to fear. Correct? You are a son. There is no bondage to fear anymore. Correct? You are not a servant of fear anymore. Correct? He says, you have, you do not have a spirit of fear or timidity, but one of what? Power, love and a sound mind of self-control, of discipline. Right? You don't have a spirit of fear or timidity. Right? So you don't have the spirit of fear. You don't have the spirit of bondage to fear. Right? Correct? Correct? And yet we cast out the spirit of fear. For what reason? So what defines bondage? Okay, but he says you've not received the spirit of fear. You've received the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Okay, this may be a little difficult for you to accept. This is the truth. How scared you are is how scared you believe you can be. Can I repeat it? How scared you are is how scared you believe you can be. The extent to the fear that you believe you can have and the extent of fear and the extent of scare that you have or the extent that you believe you're scared is the extent of the fear that's there inside of you. God on his part has done everything. He's not kept you bondage to fear anymore. He's given you sonship. He's given you the spirit of power, of love and of a sound mind. Right? So if he's given you the spirit of power, love and a sound mind, then fear has got nothing to do with power. Fear has got nothing to do with love because perfect love casts out all fear. 
and fear has got nothing to do with a sound mind. Now a sound mind is a mind in peace. Right? A sound mind is a mind in peace. Right? Are you listening to me? Listen, you're not fearful. The righteous are as bold as a lion, it says. No, but I got scared that day. Well, it's because you believe you can be scared. But you're free from fear, right? Right? Now tell me, how do I walk in peace? How do I walk in this perfect peace? In this perfect soundness? Remember what he says in the word. He says, in me you have peace. In the world you have tribulation. He does not say, you will have trouble in this world, but you, you have me so then you can overcome the trouble because I have overcome the trouble. That's not what he says. He says, in me you have peace. In the world you have trouble. He draws the distinction. He makes it very, very clear. He says, in the world, pressure. In me, peace. In the world, trouble. In me, peace. So how do I get peace? I got it already. Do you get me? I already have it. Why have I not changed? <clears throat> Why am I not seeing transformation? <clears throat> because... Because my mind is not willing to accept that I have peace. See, my mind believes that I am like everybody else. And like everybody else, everybody else is in the world. Right? And if everybody else is in the world, my mind believes I'm just like everybody else in the and so if I'm like everybody else in the world, guess what? I start taking the shape of the world. There you go. Exactly the shape of the world. Correct? This is what the word of God calls in Romans 12, conformed. I have conformed. This is the world. I have conformed to it. Correct? Yes or no? Yes or no? Okay. So what if I transform? How can I transform? By the renewing of my mind. It's the only thing that remains between you and walking in peace. What does peace mean? It does not mean quietness. It does not mean silence. It means wholeness, soundness. Every part of you working in perfect order. That peace the world can't give. The world can cut off the noise of traffic. But that's not peace. The world can take care of all your bills, but that's not peace. The world can take care of your income, but that's not peace. The world can make sure you don't have trouble every time to wash your clothes. I've got a washing machine and a dryer, but that's not peace. The world can give you a roof over your head, but that's not peace. 
The world can protect you from terrorists, but that's not peace. The world can say no war, but that's not peace. The world can say we are not going to make countries fight. We'll have a mutual agreement. All the countries will have one new world government, one new world order. There will be peace, there will be safety, but that's not peace. You need peace, you need Jesus. And the moment you bring Jesus, everyone has to take sides. You either for him or against him. That's why he says, I, I'm a prince of peace, but in the world, I can't bring peace. I have to bring the sword. If I bring peace in the world, that means I'm saying, okay, everything is okay. But in you, I've come to give you peace. Who I have called out from the world. Not to be conformed like the world, but to be transformed, completely transformed. See, you can't see any shape of that box that this clay had before. No design at all. You can't see it. You can't even make out. How did it happen? I've got to renew my mind. How do I renew my mind? What do I do to renew my mind? What do I do to renew my mind? I get the word. I take the word. And that's that. I've got to abide in the word. I've got to do the word. I've got to abide in the word. Let my mind... Listen. Mind renewal does not take long. Okay? Mind renewal does not take long. Mind renewal takes just one. One minute or a few seconds. I'm serious. You've got to just be convinced... That God's nature is not like this, that, this, that, this, that. But God's nature is salvation. Yeshua. Jesus. Once you're convinced of that, your mind's renewed. That's all you've got to be convinced about. Listen, God did not make anything complicated. Not even mind renewal. Not healing. Not mind renewal. Not salvation of your soul. Nothing, nothing, nothing. He's not made anything complicated. Because the moment you've got complication, you're not behaving like a child. He says, you've got to be converted and be like a little child. When you are converted and be like a little child, then you can enter into the kingdom of heaven. Right? He changed things. He says, I've come to give you peace. My peace I give to you. Not as the world comes. Not as the world gives do I give to you. In me you have peace. He says, if you abide in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. What do you get in the word? Peace. What do you get in Jesus? Peace. In me you have peace. Jesus is the word. You have peace. You've got to understand that this Bible. And as you read this Bible. What do you get? No. No. You don't get peace by just reading the Bible. No. You've got to understand. This written matter is not the word. It's the word that is behind it. That's the word. It's what it is revealing. That's the word. It's the truths that it reveals. The spiritual laws of the spiritual world that it reveals. It's the nature of God that it reveals. That's the word. This is revealing to you the promises of God. That's his word. He says my word. Right? If I, if Kiran, like I give an example. If I say... Kiran has given me his word that this will happen tomorrow. That, that's a trust. 
That's why we say this is the word of God. Not anything else. This Bible is the word of God. But don't think you're going to have peace by just reading the Bible day and night, day and night, day and night. No, 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 no. Does not mean I'm saying don't read your Bible. I'm saying read the Bible. But read the Bible to know something. Read the Bible to know who God is and who you are. He says something in the letter of Peter. Something very precious in the letter of Peter. Can we go? Can we go to 2 Peter chapter 1? Verse 3. His divine power has given to us. Now you've got the spirit of power, right? You got the spirit of power? Yes or no? You receive power when the Holy Spirit came upon you? Acts 1.8 Yes, so you got the power? Okay. His divine power has given to us all things. Can you say all things? That pertain to life. Not that pertain to death. That pertain to life. Not that pertain to sickness. That pertain to life. Not that pertain to stress. That pertain to life. That's why Christianity is not meant to be complicated. He's given us all things that pertain to what? Life. And what? Godliness. Everything that pertains to life and godliness is given to you. How? By the divine power. How did you get the power? By the Holy Spirit. You got the Holy Spirit, you got the power, you got the power, you got all things. You got the Holy Spirit, you got all things. You got the Holy Spirit, you got all things. Through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us. What has been given to us? Exceedingly great and precious promises. What has been given to us? Exceedingly great and precious promises. Where do we find it? In the Word of God. There you go. That through these you may be what? Partakers. I like the Hindi word. It's hissedar. Partakers. Partakers of what? His divine nature. That's what you're a partaker of. His divine nature. That's how peace comes. Peace has come when you got Jesus. When you got Jesus, you got the Holy Spirit. When you got the Holy Spirit, you got all things. When you got all things, you got peace. Soundness. Wholeness. There's only three things that remain. One is to renew your mind. To change your mind to understand God. And who God is. His nature. Jesus. Salvation. Yeshua. The second thing. Is a sense of responsibility. Now that you have all things. And third. A commitment. To the mission that has been entrusted to you. You have a mission. Every bus has a destination. Every train has a destination. When you start a company, there's an aim. 
when you when you when you when you invest your money in something there's an aim there's a mission why do we think when we come and give our life to Christ there's no mission there's no aim that's not true there is a mission to which we've got to be constantly and consciously enforcing and achieving everything is given you have peace you're in wholeness you're sound the only thing that's not going to keep you sound your body and your soul sound is when your soul your mind believes that you're not sound that you're not whole and that you don't have peace but jesus once and for all said it my peace i give to you my peace i give to you not as the world gives in me you have peace in the world you have trouble amen you don't get peace by just doing something you get peace you get the soundness you get your whole body your whole life comes in complete soundness the moment you get born again when you get that new birth that's when you get that wholeness and soundness that new birth that heavenly new birth that you get is what gives you peace amen So if any Christian comes up to you and there's no peace in their life you've got something that you can give that they may have peace get it into your head that peace does not mean quietness now i believe that Christians are going to be going and we ourselves are going to be going to places where there's going to be a lot of noise they're going to be going into battlefronts they're going to be going in places where there's so much of noise where there's no no noise it's going to be noise in certain places that we go but when we go you've got to understand that we have peace because peace means soundness and wholeness okay quietness is very easy to get put your headphones and you get quietness doesn't mean that headphones are our god are the headphones a prince of peace no you put in headphones and you get those big headphones now you put in those headphones that muffle out all the noise outside and play some quiet beethoven or mozart and that's it all the other noise is gone does that mean you got peace that's not peace in the world you can't have peace in the world there's only tribulation so don't be in the world be in jesus because in jesus you have peace but i've got to be in the world to achieve the mission right so jesus says listen you're in me i've overcome the world you don't have to overcome anything you got peace amen Listen Jesus very clearly said it. You don't have to overcome the stress and the pressure of the world. I've overcome it for you. In me you have peace. What do you have to overcome then? You've got to overcome that temptation. You've got to overcome that temptation to believe you're still old. That you're still like the old. You've got to overcome that temptation to operate in the physical realm. You've got to overcome that temptation to operate as though you're in the world and operate in the spirit, in the spiritual realm. Amen. Come on. Let's pray. Father, we thank and praise you, Lord. You are a God of peace and your peace knows no bounds, Lord. We thank you that we are in perfect peace because our minds are stayed on you. and we trust in you 
Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Glory to you, Lord Jesus.